Hey Kyle, Sydney here, just walking along Lake St. Clair with my dog River right now. My college was shut down for the year, so I am doing all my coursework online from my parents' home. Um, while it might not be the most fun thing to do, I have an everyday quarantine list. One of the items includes getting outside with my dog to get some fresh air, even if it means just hanging out in the backyard. I hope everyone is staying safe and social distancing during this time and keeping active at the same time. I hope everyone has a safe and restful next couple weeks. See ya. Hey Kyle, Annie from Bellingham. Uh, just sending a message to thank you for putting my voice on the pod. That was pretty cool to hear today at work. Uh, sending you a lot of love from Bellingham. Um, we still have the privilege of getting to enjoy our outdoor spaces, and I'm currently in the middle of Bellingham Bay. Oh shit, I almost lost my paddle. I'm being drifted away from shore. I have to the east, I have Mount Baker. To the north, I have the Canadian Rockies. They're in that beautiful, like, deep blue shadow. And to the west is like a sherbet sky where the little tiny thin clouds are just absorbing this, like, deep deep orange glow it's really beautiful and then to the south is the San Juan Islands so couldn't pick a better spot for a sunset and you know had the privilege to have a nice conversation with a good friend before this so thank you for using your platform and and informing others of the importance to observe this time of introspection and <laughs> house arrest essentially um, we're not quite there yet up here but it's a real thing this whole social distancing so Thanks for making none of us feel like we're... Oh, there's a seal. Ten feet high. Oh, oh. Ah. So cool. I love this place. Um, thank you for not letting any of us feel like we're alone. The other side of the mic... The other side of your mic is a really awesome spot to be. So, thanks so much for what you do. Also, going over a really sick uh, eelgrass bed here. So... You're not alone, Kyle. Thank you so much. Cheers. Hello, Sydney and Annie. Thank you guys for sending those in. It really brightens up my day. It's weird to feel like I'm friends with so many of you. Uh, and more than that, it makes me want you all to know each other. Um, I hope that we can make more of these kinds of in-person meetups happen down the road. But uh, for now, um, you know, if any of you have questions about how to navigate these next few months, uh, my website is a really good place to do it. And it's not so much that I can answer these questions, but if you want to click on one of the blog posts um, and just, you know, write any comments, whether it has to do with the, the podcast that you're about to listen to or not, um, I would love to figure out a way for more of you to be able to interact with each other. Um, you do it on Instagram already, but there is that kind of filter of Instagram. Um, and I just did make a new website. So if you guys have just questions or um, need a community of like-minded folks um, throughout these next few months, please reach out on my website um, and just click a cl uh, comment in the, on any of the podcast posts and um, I'll be there. 
let's all be there for each other over these next few months. Um, and let's be the ones that act well through what's coming. Shall we? I think that we have the potential to make it through this, but it's going to take all of us. Um, it's going to take all of ourselves. I should say that, um, to maintain discipline and mindfulness. And the guy that I talked with on this podcast, um, is one of the more spiritually evolved humans I've ever come into contact with. He was my therapist for uh, quite some time. I still see him periodically. Um, And I find him to be very tuned in and also um, very pragmatic. So I hope that through this episode, you get um, some tactics on how to reduce stress if you are feeling it um, during these times and real practices that you can fall back on. And if you want more, I cannot recommend Shem's Heart well enough. Um, If you are someone who wants more in-depth counseling or couples relationship counseling, um, he is just the best. I want to send a big thank you out to everyone who supports this podcast on Patreon. Um, I've relied on people like you for um, the whole time, uh, you know, that I've had this podcast. It's really felt like you guys have uh, (laughs) carried me along Um, and uh, just love you guys. Um, So appreciate you supporting it and uh, I'll keep making them. It's just... uh, It's an intense time for humanity, huh? Fuck. But, um, yeah, thank you guys all for supporting the show on Patreon. And um, if any of you guys do have some extra cash and you want to throw it this way, head over to kyle.surf and um, check it all out. And thank you also to Santa Cruz Medicinals um, for supporting this show. Fuck. Oh, boy crying during the intro it's not a good look um but it's intense times guys let's take this seriously um and thank you to fuck (laughs) oh fuck (laughs) i'm alone in my room recording this intro (laughs) crying because i just talked to my mom about um just the the potential impact of of what's coming um and uh yeah serious but tell ya um if you do have some extra income <clears throat> and you want to uh <laughs> you want to get some cbd in your life um these guys are great they've supported the show from the very beginning brendan you're the man and uh yeah cbd's good for you we can um can all get through this if we make one healthy decision after the next. Uh, So let's do it. Let's go team. Reach out to me anytime. Info at kyle.surf. And please welcome to the show relationship therapist, Shems Hartwell.
well, let's start this one off uh, with you giving a little bit of background around uh, who you are and the kind of work that you do. Great. So my name is Shams, and you'll probably introduce me, right? I will introduce you, but I will miss some stuff. So uh, why don't you just give the audience a little bit of background um, on the kind of work that you specialize in? Great. So my main focus in my life is relationship skills with ourself and with others. And I've spent the last 20 years working with a lot of different relationship teachers and coaches and leaders and as well as Qigong teachers and yoga teachers. And what I've really learned is that we have these nervous systems that need to be updated, our operating system. And so for me, that's been a continual process from my own childhood traumas. And so I've had a hunger in myself to be able to to be more able to show up and respond to challenges and conflicts. So I spent many years learning that I also became a Chinese doctor doing acupuncture and medicine. So I've got this balance of Qigong, healing, doing body work, but then studying somatic therapy, studying coaching, studying in body coaching. And so my work has come down to how do we learn to respond rather than react? And that's at the core of what we're going to talk about here because that's the number one thing that usually interrupts our ability to stay in a positive connection with another, to not check out with drugs, TV, social media. And this is a ripe opportunity. And personally, I'm on my wonderful edge to, to be exploring and applying the tools that I use in myself to navigate what's in front of me as well as all of us, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, we need your skills now more than ever. I was thinking about this uh, from a dynamics standpoint. Um, the situation that so many of us are being thrust into is one of heightened anxiety. Personally, I have a feeling, um, the, the closest way I could describe it is like a feeling of being drafted to war. Um, this feeling of fear, but also more pronounced is a fear for others, fear for mm -hmm. my family, for my friends, and a um, level of just like anxious energy um, that I've been having a hard time focusing. Um, and I'm now noticing too, you know, I, I work from home. And it's not a huge shift for me to be um, in the house for a lot of my day. But for a lot of people, um, the chance to go outside and take some space from their partner, um, mm. the chance to kind of punctuate their day with different chapters is now no longer available to us. Um, and it's sort of um, cast beneath this real, um, you know, kind of fog of anxiety and not knowing. Um, and for someone like me who enjoys knowing all the details and knowing being in control of a situation. Um, it's been difficult for me to navigate. Um, and I think that especially now the way that we can fight this war inside our own minds, mm -hmm. um, and bring these tools that you have developed forward is, um, is very, important, not just for our own psychological health, but also for real quick decision-making because we don't know how bad this thing is going to get, how quickly. And I think that we need real clear thinkers that can act um, and respond well two weeks from now, a month from now, and not have people who, whose morale has been so degenerated that they 
don't know what to do. Yeah, Kyle, thank you. Well said. Well said. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. And, and what I hear when I hear that, what I recognize is this is, a, this is a first ever in the world for there to be a global, let's just call it epidemic on a certain level that we're all informed by through social media. So our own individual challenges, life stresses and fears are there. And then we have this amplified collective experience of people going, oh my God, what's going to happen? How bad is it going to be? Oh no, I don't have my work. And so none of us have actually been in this experience before. It's completely new frontier, new territory. So one thing I like to start with is just some, some self-gentleness with ourselves, really of like, none of us are fully prepared for this. We're going to have to basically adapt very quickly to this experience. And those of us who've been learning to regulate our nervous system and maybe knowing how to move, breathe, do yoga, do things are, are more equipped than folks who don't have any skills. But right now, even us who know what to do are on a whole nother front line, which you're saying. I think especially one thing that's new about this problem that humanity is facing right now is that... Um, it feels so surreal because if this was a real war, if, if bombs were being dropped on us, we would be hearing it outside and there would be this um, ability for people to, to literally come together as groups and unite and do something. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I'm still having this experience where I go on social media and I'm reading the numbers of deaths just climb and climb and climb. But then I go outside and it's a bright sunny day and the waves look good. And it feels a bit like um, all of the incentives are working against us to stay inside because inside is where it's scary and outside is where we still feel this kind of normalcy. Um, yeah. You're, you're it's, also very, just, it's a very strange experience for me. Absolutely. And, th and there is such, it's such a, kind of like a low-grade, chronic, really intense threat, but that it's not right in front of us unless we're sick or our family members sick and we're having to deal with them on a ventilator in the hospital, then it's a little more close to home in the sense that like, I mean, the, the advantage of this though, Kyle, is that because there aren't bombs going off and because we're not necessarily at threat in this moment for our safety and survival, most of us, we have a lot of capacity then to navigate this and learn how to shift our energy and really apply meditation, apply breath work, apply things that allow us to learn how to handle this rather than if bombs were going off, we may not, we just would go into shock mode and survival mode. We have this wonderful opportunity in this that we have time and space to work with it on some level. Yeah. Distraction is the enemy right now. Distraction and I think overactive information and mental activity. The primary enemy, which is the enemy for most of us all the time, which we're not always aware of, is that we've got this overdeveloped engine of mind that's taking in information and worrying and stressing and generating stories that activate emotional energy in our body and create what I call static. They create disturbed static electricity through our body that most of us aren't burning, aren't transmuting. And then we get overactive and there's this vicious cycle that you could call like a trauma loop. And the more you digest about how many numbers of deaths and how bad it's getting and when's it coming, there's this escalation of subtle reactivity of the mind that just makes us a bit crazy. And so that's what we want to do is how do we ground that through our bodies? How do we d drop that in through us and literally clear the static enough so that we can respond, like you said, and all of us can become leaders on a certain level or be able to take healthy initiative? Right. So let's start off with the question of uncertainty um, and how to deal with the lack of control that um, 
all of us have and simply not knowing what's going to happen. How do we handle that on a psychological level? The only thing we can really do is resource safety here and now within us. Because the truth is we never have control of what's going to happen, even when we pretend we think we do because we've got structures and work and reliability. But ultimately, we don't know when a car is going to crash into us down the street. However, right now, there's this big energy thing. So we've got to learn to resource that, like, even though all this is going on, like, I'm okay. And my family's okay. And my kids are okay. And the more I can do that. And so I'm a fan of using our body, using our breath, using our being to literally call back in the sense of like, I source my safety in this moment. I source that sense. And so we need to use our body. We need to breathe. I, I like putting a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly and literally bringing myself back into the, the true experience that's here. Because we all know that the more we project out what's going to happen, we have no control of that. So we can just be generating a lot of worry stories that create a feedback loop of chronic stress. Okay. So let's, let's walk people through this as a uh, tactic. So I will speak personally. I woke up this morning feeling very anxious um, and have already been getting text messages from people who are starting to feel sick, who I know. Um, and I then um, was, I was able to focus a little bit in the morning, but then pretty quickly just started scrolling through Instagram and noticed my anxiety go up, up and up mm -hmm. and up. So what would you recommend I do in that moment? Great. I would recommend a hand on the chest or heart area, a hand on the lower belly, like right at below the belly button and a little bit of pressure, like push into your chest, push your belly, just lightly, but a bit of like pressure. And then to breathe into that lower hand, like really bring breath there. And to invite yourself to check in of, all right, how do I feel physically? What's happening in the sensations of my body? Where's the tension in my body? So explore that. Okay, I'm tight in my jaw. I'm tight in my shoulders. Why don't you share some of the things you notice right now? I notice being tight in my jaw. Uh, and I notice a tightness in my throat also. Yep. So jaw, throat, and then try to go down and see what you notice in your belly, solar plexus, chest. Do... Try to bring that tracking of experience down deeper. What else might be there? Even if it's pleasurable, it doesn't have to be sure. symptoms of suffering. Uh, I'm noticing my back muscles. I'm trying to work to have a good posture right now. Um, I'm noticing the air coming down through my belly. And I'm noticing the bottoms of my feet on the floor. Perfect. So you got a sense of the physical body. You felt more of your body than you probably were aware of just a few minutes ago. That's a first start. Second level is what's happening emotionally in you. If you could track the, the level of emotional, I like to call it emotional weather. So right now, maybe I've got some excitement to be on the call with you. I've got a little bit of fear in my solar plexus or gut that feels like light tension. I've got an overall sense of like, almost like an intense energy that I would just call like static emotional energy in me. What do you notice? I notice a lot of intense energy uh, in the form both of excitement, um, fear, and almost uh, excitement isn't the right word for it. It's almost like a deeper call to duty in some way. Mm -hmm. I've noticed um, a kind of seriousness around the work that I'm doing with the podcast and a kind of um, importance that I've felt that it it has for some people that I've never 
really felt um, or, or let in before. Um, so that is all kind of, it's manifesting as energy and just overall tension. <laughs> Perfect. So what I heard in that is that, yeah, there's some overall tension. There's a, there's some anxious energy, but then there's also this, this charge of energy that wants to be proactive, wants to support, wants to take action, wants to serve. So that's the powerful choice here is that a lot of our emotional energy in us, we often want to unconsciously avoid it, like look more at social media, drink some alcohol, um, watch a movie and check out. But you've got this energy of, I want to take action. So what you're doing right now is you reach out to me and let's take action on this call, right? So you're promoting energy there. So that's the powerful thing is that we've got we've got multiple layers of what's going on inside of us. And the more we give permission for those to be here, the better. So resourcing, you know, safety is also like, okay, I'm willing to accept this is my experience right now. I've got tension in my body in various places. I've got emotion of anxiety, maybe some fear, tightness. I've also got this energy of like, I want to participate. I want to help. I want to move. So what we do is we breathe into that and we, we really meet and feel and welcome and literally take up more space. So think of ourselves as not just physical bodies, but we're also energetic electrical beings, right? Just like we feel, sense, we have intuition. So what we want to do is when we start to feel too much, we tend to go like this and start to contract and tighten. So while we're feeling ourselves and breathing, we want to take up more space. Like literally breathe more into your belly, breathe more in your chest, and let your whole being be more full. So the only way to change stress, tension, time, and pressure is to literally make more space inside of you to be able to handle and navigate and feel it. And once we're able to do that, we can take proactive action. Hmm. So you, can you sense the helpfulness of that in this moment yeah. when you're like, give yourself I, space, yeah, very much so. breathe more, welcome all of your experience to happen. Like, I don't want to fight with the fact that I'm anxious or that I'm scared, but I want to provide enough space that it's not driving the steering wheel of my being right now. Hmm. I want to be with it enough that... Okay, when, and when I track and watch all that's happening to me, I enter more of a witness awareness that I call the essential self. When we don't do that, we all have survival aspects inside of us that will, will kind of be on autopilot and will crash us into stress, worry, a fight with our partner, reactive comments, or going back and forth with escalating stories of how bad things are, which we all know we just need to halt. Yeah. You mentioned uh, interacting with your partner um, and now people are interacting with their partners more than ever um, and it can be partners. It, I live with housemates uh, and then you know, all of a sudden you're not hanging around with them for maybe an hour a night or even a few minutes. You're with them all day long. And uh, do you have any recommendations for how people can navigate these new dynamics of being around people um, for much greater periods of time? Yes. So what we just did together was I would call like level one of like, I'm, I'm resources. Level two, I think is for us to actually like be more proactive to move big energy through us. Like you and I love going surfing and we love being out in the waves. It's a great outlet. Maybe we don't have that right now so much because we're not going out or maybe you are, but most people are used to a run, a bike right away of moving energy. So we need to do level two is that we need to discharge some of the tension. Otherwise we may play it out with another. So I want to give some relationship skills, but first let me give you level, level two of how to move tension through our body. A very effective way is to first 
tense and squeeze and tighten every muscle of the body for a, for a moment. And then inhale and open and stretch the whole body open. Like literally make space, stretch your hands, your fingers, your toes, your jaw, your mouth. And then on the exhale, go and start to just gently squeeze and tighten and tense every single muscle of the body till you're empty on the exhale. Then inhale, open, stretch, take up more space, open your lungs, stretch your body. And then again, exhale and start to squeeze and tensen and tighten the whole body, wringing out tension. And then one more time, inhale, open, exhale, just relax and be still. And just notice for just a moment what happens to your body. So if you think of it, a lot of the tension stress is stored in our ligaments, muscles, tissues, somatic. We need to basically move that energy through our physical body. Otherwise, it becomes like a, a little bit of edge of irritability that's likely to play out with someone. So before we like talk about relationship skills, we both, we all want to be kind of like, you could think of it as energetic hygiene. I need to go to the bathroom for a minute or outside move my energy just so that I basically am, am circulating a bit. Yeah. Like, I got to put some Purell on my aura. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you tense every single muscle and then stretch every single muscle, what you're doing is you're pulsing blood and you're, you're moving, you know, everything through the body. And so it allows the body to be able to kind of absorb and release tension. Next thing. What we want to do is we want to have a lot of more compassion for each other for living together. We're, we know that we're going to be likely to have more friction. So giving the person you're with permission to be frustrated, angry, irritable, but not participating. Like, hey, I hear, I got, I got it. There's a lot happening for you. And this is a, when there's a moment you're really tense. I'm with you. Let's take a breath together. Let's just stop for a moment and let's drop the conversation about how bad it's going to get or the fact that I can't get home or whatever it is. And let's just... Let's stop because we don't get to connect with very many people. Let me connect with you for a moment. Let me drop in your level and just look you in the eyes and take a breath and just appreciate that we have this ability to be with each other. Easier said than done, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's walk through that scenario and maybe even give people a few scripts because I found yeah. that if uh, someone in your house is anxious, afraid, angry, um, there's, they're not usually looking to be called out on that. Yeah. Um, and by even mentioning that they can snap. Um, yeah. so do you have any, uh, scripts for introducing that kind of conversation with people in the house? Thank you for highlighting that. What I do is I, I name to the other that I'm feeling a lot of tension and stress and I need to move some of that through me. Do you want to do some of that with me for a moment? Cause I'm feeling it. So first is, Hey, I noticed you're being an asshole. <laughs> and I'm not liking your behavior. That's not going to go so well, right? But I could say, you know, I feel a building tension with me. And I notice it's interrupting me being able to just like listen to you right now. So let's stop and let me do something. Let me shake. Let me get up and down. Let's jump around. Let's take some breaths. <sighs> or I could say, you know, I notice we're talking about the news and I'm feeling pretty scared and wound up. And I want to release some of that wound up. So we take initiative to be the one to take responsibility that maybe I'm stressed, even if I'm less stressed than you or the person I'm with. I encourage movement and take my own sense of mirror versus highlighting what you're doing. And so I'm giving a warm invitation. Let's move some energy. And let's just say the other person says, no, I don't really feel like doing that. You say, cool. Well, let's connect a little bit later. Let's not talk about this right now because I need to go move that energy. So having a healthy boundary of not of engaging less, if you notice that who you're with is so wound up and so spinning that it probably isn't going to go well. Yeah. 
it also brings in the fact that we all, a lot of people have children at home and those children are getting all wired. So I encourage parents right along this to, to, to invite the children to play like animals. There's a lot going on. Let's all be bears. Like, like really, I mean, it's like, yeah. let's bring some play and some levity because otherwise it just winds up or we have, that's a way to direct the kids to change their gears of like, what does a whale do when it's swimming through the water? And do things that allow the kids to have some expression, some play that shift them out of absorbing the tension their parents are feeling. Kids are like sponges absorbing how tense their parents are. So if you play with them, you do a double positive for, for everybody around you. Yeah, I was having a rough day um, the other day and was just on social media a ton and looking at way too much news. And my housemate's girlfriend was over and she's a dancer and she loves doing ecstatic dance, which is something that she can't do uh, anymore. She can't be in big groups. But uh, as you know, a lot of people with the things that they love, they can no longer go do that. Um, but she just suggested, hey, do you want to all do a, a dance party in the house right now? And there was just three of us. And we turned the lights off and we turned on some Beats Antique and Rising Appalachia. And at first, I was not into it because I was feeling so shitty, but I just forced myself to start doing weird, crazy dance moves mm -hmm. in our living room. And within three minutes, we were cracking up. Like it was, I, I felt a physical weight being lifted off of my shoulders. So I, I just wanted to underscore what you said about playfulness and humor uh, being not only fun right now but super critical and yes. we've all seen that i mean with the memes that friends send each other you know like some funny joke about this whole thing or on instagram i think that that's been some of the those have been some of the most helpful forms of news i've received because it puts a smile on my face so in at the same time that i feel more stressed than ever i also have been having these moments of bursting out laughing throughout the day. Mm. Um, so I think that that playfulness and humor uh, is, is super important right now. I was just reading um, Sebastian Younger's book, Tribe. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's, it's all about how humans um, react with each other through wartime and through difficult situations. And uh, he was interviewing... Um, or he, he was going through these stories of um, people who were subjected to the Blitzkrieg. So in England, they were bombed for months on end by the Germans, and people were rec recounting these experiences. And, and one of them, um, who was interviewed after the fact, said, you know, um, I'm, I'm afraid to admit this, but we actually laughed more during the Blitzkrieg. Brilliant, huh? It's, so it's, phenom it's phenomenal how well-equipped we are. We don't really know it. Right. For instance, if you travel in Africa and you see people living basically like in slums or massive poverty and you walk by, people are small, smiling more than most Americans are. And so they have a lot of unknown. They don't know where they're, they're walking miles to get water. They don't know when they're going to have supplies. They're watching children die of starvation. And yet people are getting out and dancing and moving, like you said. So I really, with this medicine and this playfulness and levity and and also what the other side, there's like a shadow and a light side to fear. 
the light side is that it brings on, we're very engaged, we're very alert, we're very awake right now, and there's a heightened sense of aliveness. The shadow side is that it can be overwhelming to feel so much fear and not know what to do with it. It can become a toxic emotional energy in our system. And so if we can play with spending more time in the like, wow, I'm really aware right now. I'm really sensitive. I got a lot of energy in me. How do I use that? How do I move that? How do I dance that? How do I express that? So we need expression. There's a level three though that's really important, which I think is what you did with dancing. So the first level was, you know, resourcing ourselves. Slow down, connect, drop into your body, track what's happening, slow the mind down, but get into more of a meditative awareness, but also breathe it through you. Level two, squeeze tight, tense and release. Level three is straight up a rant or a huge movement expression. Like it's basically volcanic energy. Every once in a while, we're building up static intention. We may need a volcanic eruption inside of us to just clear it. And that might be an ecstatic dance session, but that also might be, I just need to fucking complain about our president or, or this, or that these people are doing this, or this is happening. And I just need a, I just need 30 seconds to just go all the way with yelling, expressing or shaking vigorously. You know, you talked about that book about tribe and you look at the, the original like African people used shaking to detox trauma. So they'd shake and invigorate the whole body because the shaking is also how animals relieve themselves when they get hit by a car. They go and they shake until the trauma is out of their nervous system. And that might be hours to a day. So as humans, with all of this increased fear, which is kind of a viral energy and a collective we may need to stop and just shake and move and breathe and sound and express and dance. And that is crucial. And if we do that, we're doing preventative medicine to not like go off on our child or our partner, right? So let's uh, talk about how to actually take it to level three. It might be hard for people to do that and give themselves their self's permission to go all out because they might be embarrassed. They might not want to do that in front of their housemates Mm. or even their partner. Um, Do you have any specific tactics for, you know, places that they can go and ways that they can get into that space? Yes. Uh, One of the most known and most effective is to go up to a bedroom and go scream into a pillow in your body. Just like uh, our voice and sound is very much an emotional discharge. That's why expression, singing, music, or yelling often clears us in some ways. So going to a pillow and just going, moving, opening our jaw, moving sound through our body, going, closing a door into a room and just, getting weird a little bit and moving and breathing. And if you're not comfortable making sound, then invigorate every single joint of the body. And it doesn't have to be some mad, huge expression. It can be some way of opening, invigorating, moving so that again, we're creating kind of like a discharge or an eruption to give permission for things to move through us. And so I get it. You don't want to go in front of, but if you've never done this before, obviously an edge, but it's, it's a very important one. I mean, I work with couples all the time and very often because they're not giving each other permission or themselves permission to really go all the way with expression, they're constantly under a little bit of tension that makes them right below the surface ready to lash out. And I always teach couples like you need to have a space where you move big energy once in a while, especially when you have so many responsibilities and life stresses and add this next level. We all need to find a way to move it through us. Hmm. Let's talk a bit uh, about um, f- navigating sexual desires 
through a pandemic. <laughs> um, I've talked to some people who say, you know, I have a partner that I love dearly, but through this, my sex drive has been so low. Uh, for a lot of people, ambient anxiety will lower sex drive. Um, what do you have to, do you have any messages for people who might be experiencing this? Well, I encourage them to trust their body because it absolutely, when we're scared, probably the lowest point on the totem pole of function energy will be sexual drive, right? When we're in survival mode, scared, sexuality will, will diminish. And so having compassion for our partner that, 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 you know, they're not available. And, and what's interesting is that men are commonly, commonly use sex as a doorway to release stress and tension. Whether they know it or not, men tend to like use ejaculation as a way of shifting their state. And so it's very common that men may have a sex drive during this time too. And their partner, the woman will be like, I just don't, I can't open up right now. I can't feel that right now. And for the men need to either take care of themselves in some way, you know, in their own flow of just moving that energy or just have a lot of compassion for their partner, you know, and, and this is a traumatic situation. So trauma does tend to shut things down in us. So, you know, I, I actually don't usually encourage people to masturbate generally in a relationship couple things, because it often takes away some of the heat of the sexual energy. In this situation, I would encourage people to give themselves permission to do that, just to let our system enjoy some pleasure, to literally get out of the mind and worry and stress and actually pleasure ourselves in a way that lets us just, you know, feel the joy and the bliss and the, the goodness our body can create. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do something with that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Use it. <laughs> um, and how about on the opposite end? Um, some people, might feel lower sex drive. Some, some people um, who are single might be feeling a real strong desire to connect with people. And now is a time when it's not recommended to physically touch other people. Um, and a lot of people might be feeling loneliness right now, um, a desire for some kind of security. And one of those um, things to fall back on is another person's body. Uh, yeah. Do you have a, any recommendations for how we can better satiate that um, desire without killing each other? <laughs> well, those who live together are fortunate. It's really good to probably lay together every once in a while, lay on top of each other, snuggle up. But those who are alone in their own apartment and they don't get to have that connection, I think that's who you're highlighting mostly. Folks are on their own and they're kind of stranded in a space. A lot of our own self-touch, brushing our body, like rubbing our whole surface area while breathing, you know, literally like rubbing everywhere. In the Qigong world, we do a lot of this anyway because we want to invigorate the skin and bring blood to the surface of the skin, and it's very good for us. But there's very interesting is that the more we touch our bodies, what happens is we alert or enliven all the sensory nerves in the skin. So the touch that we're craving for another, we can generate to a certain degree in our own selves. Um, rubbing the heart and the chest is very powerful because this area registers a lot of energy. You know, people know about the work of heart math, a toroidal field that comes out of the heart. If you can activate and stimulate your heart in this whole area, you can really invigorate, you know, a certain sense of like activation of warmth, love. Next level, after rubbing, rubbing your body, it's very important that we consciously cultivate positive feeling states. So, you know, we're in a world where we're definitely already polarized towards fear, worry, stress, anxiety, overall as humans, you know, 
So I even working individually, I always encourage people to cultivate positive feeling states. That means to just go like, can I visualize who I love the most? Like my dog, my partner, can I, and can I let that feeling of love for them be an experience that I'm breathing into and amplifying? Or do I, can I remember the last time I felt joy? Or to watch a funny movie and let the laughter be exaggerated to the point where we create all of those hormonal and neurochemical activations that happen when we feel joy or playfulness. And, and most uh, importantly, want, calmness. Yeah. So like literally consciously calm. Keep going. But before that, I wanted to let you expand a bit on the heart math stuff. These guys actually did a TED talk the same year that I had a chance to do a TED talk. Um, they were on the same stage and uh, I believe they're based in Santa Cruz. Yeah. So tell, tell people a little bit about um, what heart math is. These guys have been doing more than 20 years of researching and measuring somewhat of a rate, an energetic field that comes out around the heart like a toroidal field, and that it's always interacting with everything around us, not just humans and people who care about. It's interacting with plants, with animals, with the planet, and they've been being able to measure it. And they encourage, they say one of the healthiest things humans can do can, is to be in coherence which means that we're, we're present in our hearts with you know, care, empathy. And when we share coherence with another, that's kind of what happens in like deep love chemistry is a certain degree of coherence that turns on sexual energy, heart, love, infatuation. But we want to learn to live in coherence with everything on the planet, not just the people we love. And they've done so much brilliant research. They have videos all over the internet and they can, they've done models that show how this interaction happens and how we relate and how we respond through connection with another. Mm. And what's interesting is it parallels so much of the yogic or martial arts, Qigong Taoist teachings of how important it is that we are, you know, namaste in the heart. It's a way of activating a certain natural energy. And the Qigong masters teach all of this work about the heart relating with the atmosphere, with the trees. And it gets a little woo-woo, but the truth is it's been studied for a long time. And the, the secret for joy is the sense of feeling in relation and in connection with everything and everyone more yeah. fully. Yeah, anyone who's ever been through a breakup uh, knows that heartbreak is not just a metaphor, but your heart physically hurts when you're going through a breakup. I want to now move forward. You're just getting into loving kindness meditation, which I found to be one of the most helpful tools I've come across, not only during this period, but um, in my life. I use um, a meditation app called Waking Up that is uh, hosted by a guy named Sam Harris. And he does loving kindness meditations where you think of other people um, and just wish them well. Um, and you can use some stereotyped phrases like, may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be free, free from suffering. And you picture in your mind this person feeling that. Um, and I was wondering if you could walk people through your own kind of loving kindness meditation um, and why this kind of meditation is sometimes very helpful and how it's different from just the meditation where you're trying to um, lightly focus on your breath. Yes. Thank you. Let's do that. That'd be perfect. So I'll just do a guided meditation right now. And those who can either sit or stand up in a way that allows you to be, you know, long in your spine, aware of your body, aware of your breath. 
And so start with closing your eyes and focusing on a few longer, deeper breaths. So if possible, down into the belly, use more of your lung capacity than you usually do. Like stretch the lungs through each breath and focus on emptying out the exhale, really completing the exhale because that's one way to empty ourselves. Take three more breaths like that. Each one a little bit longer, a little bit deeper, a little more expansive, and then empty a bit more as well. Wonderful. Then for for a moment, simply feel a connection to the ground as if you're plugged in or rooted into the earth, whether that's through your tailbone, your feet, just feel that you're grounded, you're plugged in, connected to what's below you through the floor of your house, your apartment, all the way down. And imagine that your spine is also like a conduit or tuning fork and just literally feel yourself connected to the sun, the sky, whatever's above you in whatever way you feel, or even your ancestors connect to all, to all that you've come from. Or if you resonate with God's spirit, just feel connected on some level to the above and to the earth. Now start to visualize or bring into your mind's eye or even into your heart space people that you deeply care about and love. Let's say it's your daughter or your father. And I want you to visualize them and you literally sending positive, loving waves of energy, of prayer, of care that surrounds them. Imagine it surrounding their body and going into them as if you're sending it as waves or as sunlight into them from you. And you can put many people here if you want. You can imagine your family. You can imagine people that you don't get to be right now, be with right now, that there are loved ones you care about. And imagine you just literally letting life pour through you, love pour through you and toward them, surrounding them in care, if protection, visualizing them being healthy. Take a few more breaths. Really focus your attention as best you can to stay with this and really let yourself experience this energy coming through you into them or this light or even the potency of your prayers. And then see them being impacted by it, like their eyes opening wider, their smiles, them feeling on some sense of love and gratitude for you. Feel that it comes back to you through you giving it to them in some way. And if this is feeling easy for you, then widen it out. Include people all around you in your household. And if that helps to just do individual people, keep putting individual people there. Or you can think of it as more people adding to the group that you are sending loving care or waves of blessing to. 
And then widen it again and imagine it. it's the community that you live in, where you are, the people you interface with in your life, at grocery stores, postal people, delivery people, people that you know and, and relate with at work and your job, and just include them in and wish them well. Send them blessings. Send them the sunlight of your care for a few moments. And again, you can widen that again if you want to our entire country, to other countries or nations of people on the planet that you can include and just be sending loving blessings or care. And if you really want to take it to the next level, imagine the whole planet. We're all sharing this experience in some way together. Imagine everybody in every country that you're sending them well wishes for them to stay healthy, to get strong enough to adapt and change their nervous system and their body and their biology to fight whatever this war is, this virus. Imagine us all being strong, sending love and care and well wishes for every single being on the planet human, animal, plant, tree, the ocean, the waters, and expanding that and holding that for a few breaths as if you're holding the whole planet in a loving blessing through you. And if that's challenging for you, just simply stay with who you feel close to and bless them. Take a few more breaths of this, holding, blessing, loving, beaming, sunlight, love, positive energy, prayers, well wishes. And then bring all of that back, pull it all into landing back home in your own heart and being. If it feels good to you, put your hands on the heart or a hand on your low belly and heart and bring that back to your body. Praying for yourself to stay strong, to stay vital to be clear, to have the capacity to navigate these uncharted waters, to have the ability to remember your breath and your heartbeat, to call upon the greatest strength that can come through you and your own ability to adapt and evolve and grow, and to feel on some level that you are supported by whether you believe in forces of God, some forces of ancestors that live through us or support us, whatever that goes out to, whatever forces of life that are here to support your particular life journey and you living fully here. Take a couple breaths to that, bringing all of it home to you. Take three more long, deep breaths, feeling your body be relaxed, feeling your breath be long and deep and slow. And basking in whatever response you feel inside of you on a physical, biological, energetic, or emotional level. Just notice what's here for you right now. Notice if your mind is more quiet, if you can feel your heartbeat, if your breath is more deep, if you're more relaxed and at home in yourself. And when you feel ready to, open your eyes. I dig it. Mm.
That was great, man. I want to let you go soon, but I did want to get into one final topic here, which is daily routines working from home. You and I both have worked primarily from home for the last number of years, uh, and I have employed a few techniques um, to maintain discipline and punctuate my day with various chapters, even if I am on house arrest. Um, and I wanted to um, share a few of my own uh, techniques and also see if you have any of your own that can help you, um, that help you bring your, your best self forward in every uh, situation. The way I think about it is that we have all these different versions of ourselves that we can bring forward in every moment. And I have a version of myself that is the total slob, the coward. Uh, there's also another version that's more disciplined, one that's more friendly, one that's more funny. And I would like to bring forward those better selves um, through these next few weeks and months. And I find that my ability to do so relies less on willpower and more around tricking myself into making good decisions. Um, an example of that is I will uninstall Instagram from my phone whenever I'm not using it. Um, and I will turn my phone onto black and white mode, which you can do um, using, uh, it's called simulate color space on the Google phone at least. And it, it makes the phone a lot less attractive to use. Um, and then I do, I have been looking at Instagram every day but I will write down a period of time that I'm allowed to look at it. And I'll give myself a lot of time. Like yesterday, that period of time was for one hour. But I found that the difference between looking at Instagram for an hour from start to finish is a lot better than looking at it six times a day for 10 minutes. Um, that it, it fractures my ability to pay attention and focus um, less when, when I can just do it in various chunks of time. Um, another one that I've been using recently is uh, I will have a notepad at my side for most of the day and I'll write down my day with hours as I go through my day. So when I wake up, I wake up and I will exercise for the first 30 minutes of the day and I'll write down, okay, so from 8 to 8.30, exercise. Then 8.30 to 9.30, breakfast, hangout. And, and what I find that that helps me do is stay accountable to myself. Um, and I've just had to, to use a lot of these techniques for a while now if I wanted to get anything done because I work for myself. Um, another one that I use if I'm writing and don't want to be on the internet is an app called Freedom uh, that connects into your web browser and makes it impossible for you to go onto the internet for certain periods of time. You can just set the timer. Um, but I find that a few of those real pragmatic tricks can make the difference between a good day and a bad day. Um, and I just wanted to go back and forth with you about any um, tips that you have used uh, as you are also a self-employed uh, homebody. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Those are fabulous. Really like all those. And I had a few, and I think there's a few new ones because we're at home. 
But overall, I encourage people for the first 30 minutes of the day not to turn on their phone, to turn it off at night, literally off, not just on airplane mode, off, unless you need the alarm, but I encourage you to do something else, just to have, a, have, it, have a break from your system. And Half right an now, also getting as much sleep as possible is your best defense against not getting sick. So you got it. If you give yourself that extra hour of sleep and wake up naturally, you could argue that that is your health insurance policy. I'm with you 100%. And, and the first 30 minutes a day to not turn your phone on and if possible to sit by a window and breathe fresh air and really use the morning as a time to turn yourself on. Not just coffee first thing either if you do coffee. I'm a lover of coffee. But you know, a half hour later or something when you've gotten up and you've already kind of turned your engine on on your own. You're not relying on something to stimulate your engine. You're doing whatever you need to do to breathe, to move. I don't find it easy to get up and just sit and meditate off. And I like to go right outside or go and, and really take in life and fresh air and let myself move my body a little bit. The other thing I think is really good, which I, I know you'll agree with, is I, I like to encourage people who are, have a lot going on, whether they're a CEO of a business, is to have five interruptions a day, or I call them pauses. And I even encourage people who have trouble with this to set alarm. I don't have trouble with it. I can stop and go outside. But for five minutes, five times a day, you do something to shift your state. Whether that's Wim Hof breathing, which everybody knows and loves nowadays, whether that's literally just a walk outside or whether that's getting up and shaking and moving, whether that's getting on a shaking machine or doing a quick workout of 20 push-ups, doing something that erupts like five times a day, or whether that's being just completely still and stopping for five minutes with a timer. The other one that I think is really important right now, particularly for home, make food a sacred ritual. Like return to appreciating making food enjoying savoring the pleasure of eating like that is our other best medicine right now is that if we take time to like not just run and eat and take a microwave thing throw it in the microwave but actually like i'm gonna prepare some food i'm gonna sit down we're gonna eat together if i'm with people i'm gonna go a little slower because i don't have to drive i've got extra time for commuting i'm gonna like eat each bite i'm gonna enjoy my food i'm gonna put pleasure into making something that i enjoy that is one of the the deepest human rituals that has been there all forever right and for everybody to participate in savoring food and even just blessing it, like, I am grateful to have this. Like, thank you that I was able to go to Costco and, and load up on, on supplies or wherever, right? Let us bless this sacred toilet paper. <laughs> yes, right? Right? <laughs> so I believe that one right there is so huge. If we make food like something that's an enjoyable, nourishing ritual, whether it's sacred or not, or just like taking time to appreciate the process, because a lot of us are disconnected from that process because we can so conveniently just go wherever we go to pick up food. And that process is one of the things like sleep that is one of the number one ways we can actually feel in relationship to life. Mm. One that I've found to be remarkably helpful that I've really only been using uh, since I've become a lot more serious about writing is the activity of journaling in the morning, but not being super thoughtful about the journal. Um, my task that I set for myself is to just keep the pen moving for three pages. doesn't matter what, if, what I write. It doesn't matter if it's just gibberish. It doesn't matter if it's deep, it's shallow. It could just be about how I'm feeling right now. It could be about what my trash can looks like. It could be about my fear for humanity. But I found that I usually, by the end of those three pages, will come out with some kind of insight that was worth having. And I was able to, I'm able to notice something that was maybe an emotion that I wasn't able to name. 
Um, so just do it. And, and three pages you fill up in five minutes if you just keep the pen moving. But I find that that is um, a way for me to get my, my, my mental engine going, just like moving my body in the morning is a way to get the physical engine going. Thank you, Kyle. Let's, let's expand that into like some form of expression every day. Like literally I've written two songs in the last four days and I just had two months of no songs because of moving and being in a new property and the energy that's moving through me, I'm turning it towards creativity. So if someone has, if it's dance, if it's writing, if it's music, if it's drawing, like drawing is another phenomenal way to enter an abstract mind state rather than looking at the phone. Mm. or or some form of like whatever your medium of an outlet of creativity. And I also said like play with kids, right? Like be an animal and all that earlier. Some form of like creativity. So maybe it's like taking turns playing acting roles. Let's, let's all, I'm going to pretend I'm the CEO of this company and I'm going to act him out. And I love that you've created this beautiful way of doing that, you know, with the work you're doing and, and the realm of going on stage and, and, and exaggerating joyful characters, like being the president and going out landish and just... Like letting yourself having some outlet to bring in play, humor, creative expression. And so your writing for you feels like it's a total goldmine, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, underscoring the importance of having the phone be in another room when you don't need it mm. um, is super important. Uh, it, it has been for me. I will physically put my phone in a drawer. And I, I need to, because the thing is, my default is sloppy. Um, and I've had to set up a few of these structures throughout my day, um, for me to not go back into my default mode. Um, another thing that I've done, and this is a little bit more high stakes, but it's for people who maybe have addiction problems or people who notice that they have some compulsive behavior, um, that's really impacting them and they need to cut it out completely. Um, is to raise the stakes by writing a physical check to an organization that you hate and say that you're going to cash the check or give it to a friend and tell them to cash the check if you do that compulsive behavior. So for me, since this virus started, um, one thing that I know about myself is that drinking alcohol um, is a compulsive behavior of mine and it lowers my immune system more than anything. Um, I, I don't have, I've never had a serious enough problem with alcohol that it's felt like I really needed to do something until this virus, just noticing what it does to my immunity um, felt significant enough. So uh, right now on my wall, I have a thousand dollar check that I wrote to the American Legislative Exchange Council, which is the corporate bill mill um, that writes pro-corporate um, legislation. This is the group that made plastic bag bans illegal in 13 states around the country. And this is the group, the group that also wrote um, mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent drug offenses, just locking up countless um, innocent people. Uh, so I hate this group and I am, uh, committed to not, uh, drinking alcohol now for the next year because I don't want to cash this check. Awesome. I really appreciate your authenticity and realness and, and the, the clarity you're doing of like what's working for you. I'll, I'll share my mind too here, Kyle, is that I like to just always keep the phone face down. Mm. as one and always have it on silent. Never let it ding, ding, ding with text. Like those are just simple energetic hygiene. Like phones that ring in text is a, is a no, no on every level, unless it's, you're waiting for an emergency. Mm. That's great. 
Um, well, let's, let's get, finish it off with, um, some personal intentions that you're setting throughout this next period. You said that you're writing more songs. What else are you really looking forward to doing more of, uh, through these shifting times? I'm really fortunate because I have a group of 14 men mentoring with me for a year and I'm leading courses online. So I'm doing these courses. I get to interact with all these men weekly pretty much. And we've got to engage. It's been so fulfilling for me to be a part of a bigger group of like 50 men overall that we've been working with. And so I'm doing a lot of that. I have online retreats and courses I'm working on. The other thing I've been doing is I think I, we just bought a new property. So I just planted three fruit trees yesterday and I got a friend with a nursery who I got some trees from and I'm trimming and taking care of a nursing soil and pulling weeds and getting myself on the ground. So even people who are stuck at home, you can probably still go in your backyard and like plant some food in the garden. So I'm growing gardens, fruit trees. I'm, I'm using my extra time of not driving and going places to put my hands in the soil and get girthed and get into what's really important in my life. Yeah. The value of gardens went up tremendously over the last couple of weeks. And yep. where can people um, get in touch with you and what kind of services uh, do you offer if they want to dive deeper into the work that you do? People can go to my website, which is my name, shemshartwell.com. And I I'll will link to that in the show notes as well. And I have an upcoming men's uh, course called the Men's Passage. This is a nine-week course, and we're going to gear it towards what's going on now. But it's a lot of skills and practices relationally, energetically, breath-wise, shadow work-wise, over nine weeks weekly. And so that's an awesome course coming up on April 8th. And then I have a men's retreat. If everything gets clear, I have a men's retreat at Sierra Hot Springs if I'm able to fly there uh, you know, in, at the end of May, depending on how things unfold. But I work with couples and I work with individuals consistently through the week through, through Zoom, which is pretty incredible right now. I'm fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if, if someone wants to reach out to you for couples or individual therapy, uh, do they just go to your website, shemsartwell.com? And there is actually a link on there for a free initiate, initiatory session to connect with. But my schedule's full, so I may not be able to respond to those immediately, but I will do my best if someone goes, hey, I want to do an intro session with you and meet you. I'm, I'm game for that. Great. Any final thoughts? Really appreciate you, Kyle. Thanks for inviting me on and thanks for being the leader you are, brother. I really see you and, and all you're doing and bringing. Thank you. Love you, brother. Thank you for being such a skilled communicator. Mm. All right. Talk soon. That's our show. Okay. I'm done crying, guys. <laughs> I'm going to play out this song uh, by Big Friend. The song is called Carry Us Slow, and I'll link to their Spotify page in the show notes below. Thank you very much to Santa Cruz Medicinals for sponsoring each and every one of these shows. If you want to get CBD in your life, if you want to reduce inflammation, you should get it from Santa Cruz Medicinals. You can go to scmedicinals.com, type in the code name KYLE10, and they will deliver it to your doorstep. That's KYLE10 to get 10% off. If you want to comment on this episode, if you want to connect with others, head over to kyle.surf um, or just click the link below this description and it'll take you straight there. It's a place where you can connect with others, where you can write me directly in the comments. I will write you back. Um, and finally, send some voice memos in because um, I think that now more than ever, having people just be able to hear an honest account of how you're doing over these next few months, um, what your life is like, it can help other people um, not feel so lonely. You know, we're all in a similar boat and uh, sometimes we just need to hear it. So bust out your phone, 
uh, record a minute or two of audio, give me some details about where you are, what's going on with you, and email it to info at kyle.surf. Or you can just send, um, hit me up on Instagram, send a DM to me, uh, and there's a little voice memos app straight on Instagram. So that's an easy way to do it. Send it in, and I'd love to play it on the show. Stay safe, stay healthy, get plenty of sleep, and be sure to watch lots of comedy because laughing's good for you. Much love. Have a great day. Get in the shiny pink side I thought I